My name is Kyle. I am one of the youth interns here at Ellerslie, and it's good to see you all here this morning. I apologize for my voice. I am a little sick today. Uh, the rainforest called this morning, and they asked to have some of their frogs back. Um, yeah, I could be a dad. Uh, <laughs> so... Mel and Dave have given me the privilege of starting off our summer teaching series, which is called Weather Report. And over the summer, we're going to be talking about different types of weather that we experience. These are circumstances that are outside of our control, but that we need to be prepared as Christians to deal with in a godly way. And when I heard about the idea of Weather Report, the first thing that came to mind to me was storms. Because storms are cool, like thunderstorms and sandstorms and hurricanes. And as I thought about what those translate to in real life, having the storms that people go through in life that are outside their control of sick loved ones and bad relationships and tight finances, I realized that I really haven't experienced that many of those. And if any of you guys sitting here are in a storm right now, I'm sure the last thing that you want is some 22-year-old boy telling you, how to deal with those storms in your life. I can tell you what I am an authority on, though, and that's sunshine. I may not look like it. Uh, this is about as tan as I get, but my life has been very sunny. When I'm talking about sunshine in this sense, I mean blessed. I've lived a life of blessing. I was born in Canada to a loving family that loves God, that loves me, and loves each other. I have access to a great education, and I'm healthy. And that's the first thing that I think I need to establish about sunny weather and about sunshine, is that I didn't earn any of these things. Sunshine is a gift from God that I don't really deserve. Even the things in my life that I feel like I earned. Let me, let me give you an example of some sunny weather that I'm experiencing right now. A little over a week ago, I graduated university. I graduated from the University of Alberta with a Bachelor's of Science. And my family gave these, me these cute little cards. One of them had a little draft with a graduation hat. It's like, you did it! And I made a Facebook post saying, I made it! And part of me feels really responsible for the degree I just got because I went to those classes, I wrote those exams, I studied, didn't I? Didn't I earn that? But behind that all, I didn't earn my brain. I didn't earn being born here in Canada. I didn't earn having access to education. All of this sunny weather that I'm experiencing, all these blessings are a gift from God. James chapter 1 says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And Paul, when he talks to the people of Athens in Acts 17, says that through God, everyone finds their breath and everything else. And they live and they move and they have their being only through God. And all these things come from him. And that's the first thing that I want to establish today is that you can't earn sunshine. If you're in a time of blessing right now, I need you to recognize that it's a gift from God. And I meet a lot of people, I talk to a lot of youth, and I talk to a lot of people my age who have this idea that they don't really need God, and they say, Kyle, your God thing is kind of cool, but I don't need it. I got a good family. I've got good friends, I've got a good job, I go to a good school, I play sports and video games. I don't even know if i got time for God. My schedule's pretty busy. Maybe I'll have God when I'm older. And this is a kind of a sad state of things, because if God exists the way, the way that the Bible describes him to be, then he is an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-present God, and he's not just something that you can add on top of your list of things. He's the source of that entire list of things. If God exists the way the Bible describes him to be, then 
God is more prevalent in our lives than the air we breathe, and I know that because I have a vacuum cleaner at my house. And saying that we don't have space for God or we don't have a need for God is like saying that we don't need the air that we breathe, and it must look like foolishness to God. I think the Bible has a lot to say about not forgetting God in times of blessing. In my life, often times of blessing have become, times of sunshine, sunny weather, so to speak, have become droughts because I get so blinded by these blessings and by the sun that I fail to see God in it. And it's kind of funny how in times of blessing that so clearly come from God, we forget God. So I want to read a passage from the Bible that describes this. So if you have a Bible with you here today, I'm going to invite you to open it up to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible. If you're using one of the few Bibles, I got the blue one here, and we're going to go from page 132, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 10 in a second. But if you're unfamiliar with the story, I'm going to give you a little bit of background information, all right? So there's these people. They're called the Israelites. The Israelites are God's chosen people, and they're descended from this guy named Abraham. And God promises to Abraham that his descendants are going to inherit this good land called the Promised Land. And hundreds of years later, God, using a person named Moses and great miracles and great power, leads his people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt. And they're on their way to finally get to the promised land that was promised to Abraham. And on the way to the promised land, they send out spies to go and check out what the promised land is like. And they see the promised land like, man, this land is good, but there's these huge people here. And most of the spies come back and they give a bad report of the land because they're like, guys, I don't think we're going to be able to defeat these people here. And I think that we should just go back to Egypt. And God, who just brought them out of slavery of the most powerful nation ever or at the time, is understandably upset. Wow, good one. Uh, and he makes them wander around in the desert for 40 years until that entire generation passes away so that he can lead their children to the promised land. Now, the book of Deuteronomy is right before they finally enter the promised land. Moses is giving a speech to all of the people of this generation that's about to finally go into the land that was promised to them. And listen to what Moses has to say to them. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. One thing that I forgot to mention is, during the 40 years that the Israelites are wandering around in the desert, God sustains them. He makes bread come down from heaven. He makes birds fall out of the sky. He brings water out of rocks. He makes sure their sandals don't fall off their feet. And God knows, and I think Moses knows, that as soon as they get 
what they're looking for. As soon as they get to the promised land and they get those blessings that were promised to them, they're easily going to forget God. Yet God still wants to bless them. He still wants to fulfill his promise to Abraham to bring them into the promised land. And if you fast forward, the rest of the Old Testament is the story of the Israelites forgetting God in times of blessing. So how do we not forget God in seasons of sunny weather? I don't think the answer lies in feeling guilty about the blessing that God gives us. I think a start to the answer is in verse 10 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. When you have eaten or satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Recognize that you can't earn sunshine. It's a gift from God. But you can enjoy it, and you can praise him for it. If you're in a time of blessing right now, enjoy the blessings that God's given you and give thanks to him because he's the source of these blessings that you're experiencing. Psalm 118 says, "Uh, Today is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. God wants you to rejoice for the blessings that he's given you. He wanted the people of Israel to enjoy the promised land and to thank him for the good land that they were going to receive from him. Uh, My girlfriend has a good way of putting this into practice in everyday life. At the end of every day, she makes a list of three things that she is thankful for. And the catch is that the three things that she's thankful for today have to be different than the three things that she was thankful for as far as she can remember back. Um, And sometimes it gets hard, especially in seasons where it's not sunny weather, to try and find things that you're thankful to God for. But I can tell you from doing this practice that... It really changes your perspective of who you're talking to once you go to pray to him. Once you've thanked him for those things and you realize that all of these good things, he is the source of all of them. You can't earn sunshine, it's a gift from God. Enjoy the sunny weather and give him praise for it. When I went down to Mexico in 2012, when I was grade 10, uh, we have a Mexico missions trip here at Ellerslie. And we go and we build houses for people in Mexico. Um, And I remember feeling so guilty for being wealthy when I was down there. I remember feeling so guilty that there's these people who were literally living on a dirty mattress under a tin roof, and that's all that they had. And they were more grateful for their lives and their blessings than I was. And I remember asking God, God, why on earth was I born in Canada with all the things that I have while these people here are just living on this mattress? And I can tell you that I'm so thankful it's not because I deserved it. Why does God want to bring the people of Israel into the promised land in the first place? In the Deuteronomy passage at the end, he says, this is to fulfill the promise that I made to your ancestors. What was the promise that he made to Abraham? Let's take a look at it. This is in Genesis chapter 12. You can follow along with me on the slides. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Why did God choose to bless the Israelites? It wasn't because they had earned it from him. It was because he wanted to bless them so that they could be a blessing. And when Moses warns the Israelites not to forget the laws that he was giving them from God. Most of those laws have to do with how to treat one another, how to live a holy and righteous life, how to treat foreigners, how to treat your neighbors, and how to live a life of holiness in the land that they're about to be blessed with so that they could be a blessing to other nations and blessings to each other. As followers of Christ, we are commanded to be blessings to people in the world. 
Uh, Jesus says that we are the light of the world and the city on the hill can't be hidden. We are blessed so that we can be blessings. If you're in a time of blessing right now, you can use the sunshine that you have to glorify God by blessing others. Not everyone is experiencing the same sunny weather or the same blessing that you might be. Pray with someone who's in a storm right now. Cook a meal for someone who's visiting a sick loved one in the hospital. Take someone's kids for an evening. A couple weeks ago, Dave and Mel talked about inviting others, including others, and investing in others. Use the blessings that God's given you because you didn't earn them to bless others because you can share them. When the Israelites finally get to the promised land, they do so by crossing through the Jordan River. And I say through the Jordan River because they didn't cross over the Jordan River. They didn't build a bridge over it. God piled up the waters of the Jordan so that his people could cross through on dry land. This amazing miracle. And as they're crossing through, God tells his people to grab rocks from the bottom of the river and make a big pile of stones on the other side once they cross over. This altar so that when their kids look at them like, Dad, what's that pile of rocks for? He'd be like, Son, that's when God showed up for us. That's when God, by great power, brought us into the promised land and gave us all these blessings that we didn't earn for ourselves. They built this altar so that they would remember God's faithfulness to them. And most of my messages that I give to the youth, I give some sort of weird animal analogy. So uh, here's an analogy for this principle. Uh, This guy here is called an African lungfish. Uh, An African lungfish is cool and kind of whack because its swim bladder doubles as a lung, so it can breathe both in the water and out of the water. And good weather for a lungfish is not sunshine, good weather for a lungfish is rain. And when it's rainy, the lungfish uses its fins to scoot around from puddle to puddle, doing fishy stuff like eating and mating and having a good time, generally. Uh, But the rain doesn't last forever in southern Africa where this lungfish is. And when the rain stops and when the wet season stops, droughts come. And when a drought comes, the lungfish doesn't just flop around and give up and die and dry out. The lungfish instead digs a hole, and it digs a hole by eating mud and pushing it through its gills. It'll eat mud and push it through its gills, and it will dig down into the ground, and it'll hollow out a cavern for itself where it will twist itself into a knot, and it will cover its entire body in mucus to make a cocoon. Pretty awesome, I know. Uh, And it makes this mucus cocoon to keep itself from drying out, and it hardens up, and it sits there. And it sits there for up to four to five years. And when God finally blesses the rains down in Africa, and the the lungfish wakes up, and it crawls out of its cocoon, and it goes back to scooting between puddles. This is what I think the lungfish is a symbol of. It's a pretty good symbol of remembering God in hard times and having hope. I don't think the lungfish really thinks about the fact uh, that it knows that the rain is going to come again. I'm pretty sure it's pretty instinctual. But the lungfish knows, I guess, that the droughts aren't going to last forever and that good weather, for it at least, rainy weather, is going to come back again. And if you're in a time of drought right now, in a time of storms right now, know that that's not going to last forever and that God will make the sun shine again. And if you're in a time of sunny weather right now, now is the time to give yourself something to look back on, to remember God's faithfulness for when the storms roll in. Build yourself an altar, so to speak, like the Israelites did when they came into the promised land. If you've got a journal, write in the journal and thank God for your blessings that you're experiencing so that when the storm comes again, you can look back on it and remember that God was faithful in the past and he will be faithful again.
either in this life or in the life to come. So what do I want you to remember about living in sunny weather? You can't earn sunshine. It's a gift from God. But you can enjoy it, and you can praise him for it. You can use it to glorify him by blessing others with the blessings that he's given you. And you can create a reminder of God's faithfulness so that when the clouds roll in and when the drought comes, you can look back on it and remember that God was faithful in the past and he will be faithful again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this country that we get to live in um, with its safety and its education that we have access to and the healthcare that we have access to and just that we can worship here freely together today. Lord, I pray for people in times of blessing here today that we would use our blessing over this summer to bless others. I pray for people in storms right now, in droughts, that they would hold on to hope that you have been faithful in the past, Lord, and you will be faithful again. I pray these things in your name. Amen.